Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm not Zach. And welcome to the Movie Vault. You might be asking yourself, who the heck is this guy? Well, my name's David, and if you're wondering why I'm qualified to be on this podcast, uh, really it's just because I'm here. Yeah. If you didn't know already, which you probably didn't, David runs the studio that our podcast is recorded at, and uh, we've been using it for the last three weeks, and he's been very generous in hosting. And uh, we had to let Zach go from the podcast for uh, reasons you probably know. It's Zach. Yeah, he wasn't uh, very good. Yeah, I mean, honestly, everyone, all the reviews were coming in. They were like, Ben's better. Like, Zach has red hair. You know, things like that. But it, it's it's fine. You know, it, we're gonna we're moving on with the show. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Zach is actually uh, he had an unforeseen scheduling event come up, and uh, he could not be here at this recording. We had originally planned on doing Baby Driver, but I believe we're gonna do that next week. And so David has stepped in, and we will be reviewing the movie, the B movie. <laughs> we should have inserted a drum roll there. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we decided to do kind of like a. I don't even know, like a joke podcast, basically. So we're actually reviewing it, but, I mean, it's the B-movie. Let's be real. Yeah, <laughs> it, this this movie, we were try- kind of looking around, and we were like, what movie can we do that's just going to be, like, fun? And we, we we looked at some options, but, like, with movies that are so bad they're good, it's, it's a little bit of a risk because you could end up just being bored for an hour and a half. But we knew the B-movie is uh, the subject of many memes, and it had actually been recommended to us by a listener... And uh, we've been hearing positive things about people wanting us to do this. So we thought we would take advantage of that and uh, do that tonight. So uh, our first animated movie, I guess we should just get right into the plot, right? Yeah, might as well. (laughs) So uh, I think we're going to do this a little differently. So I'm just going to read the plot and we're going to kind of react in sections. Because I'm the only one who took notes. David's such a slacker. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I I didn't... I didn't uh, feel myself low enough in life to take notes on a child's movie. But yeah, I took uh, <laughs> 675 words worth of notes on this movie. Um, uh, you can text me and support me uh, through this journey in life. You know, it gets hard sometimes. So uh, basically, <laughs> we start out and uh, there's these bees, you know, shockingly. And they're flying around and we get stunning animation. I mean, we're going to have to talk about this. This is like... I'm talking like you could not even tell the difference. Like I thought this was a live action movie. I actually had to look it up to tell that it was animation. To be honest, yeah, this movie was. I don't. Pixar needs to up their game. I was like stunned by DreamWorks. It was a bees doing their morning routine, which obviously includes uh, walking down, uh, flying down the stairs. Yes. Uh, sharpening your tail. Using, using honey for just about every. every everything. Yeah, every conceivable <laughs> thing. Uh, using your antenna as a cell phone. And we learn that uh, Barry, who is the main character of this movie, is uh, graduating, and it only took him three days to get through each level of school, because, ha, be, be lifespans, Yeah, right? very, very funny. Yeah. Very uh, advanced humor. Lots of jokes in the first minute alone, probably. Very many, actually. And uh, so, bees, uh, they graduate, and then they go work for this corporation that makes honey, shockingly enough. Well, they like, they have to work there, which is funny, because it's like... It's like a cross of socialism and capitalism that I've never seen before. Yeah, bees are like... Uh, it's almost communism. They, they've like <laughs> have their own section of the political compass. You yeah. know, bees and ants, I feel like. I haven't seen anybody try to establish a political ideology based on the idea of bees and ants, but I, it's probably been done. Yeah, usually uh, people expand the industry further than just honey, but you know... 
Uh, but Barry, uh, he, is, he, does, he doesn't like this that much. Uh, they didn't teach him this in his textbooks, but somehow he figured out that he didn't want to just work the same boring job his whole life. And so uh, what does he do? He decides that uh, he's going to kind of put it off a little bit. And then he sees who all the cool people are, which are obviously the people who get to go outside of yeah, the Yeah, the drone bees. And they're like, what, twice as tall as him? Yeah, they're like genetically modified. They like yeah, they're like they bee- they breed them. And I was like, well, that's that seems kind of weird for they, like they, they probably use some sort of bee steroids yeah. that's made out of honey somehow. Yeah, and so he's he's like kind of hitting on these girls, uh, and they're like, oh, we're gonna play a trick. So you know, I think they're gonna like push him into a bee locker or something. But they're actually like cooler <laughs> to him than I thought. Yeah. Well, it was funny because apparently what uh, got the girls from the beginning is uh, having pollen all over yourself, which is kind of interesting because it's just like, uh, yeah. So uh, B- Barry, meanwhile, is uh, so he- he's talking to these people and uh, they-, they decide that they're going to tell him that he can come fly with them. And you're like, oh, they're joking. But the next day he goes and he flies with them. And then the weirdest thing is that, like, he has no trouble with this at all. Yeah, like he was just like ready to go. It, it was funny because like the drill sergeant's like yelling at all of them. You're gonna be like, oh, this drill sergeant's not gonna have it. And he's just like, he's like, oh yeah, I'm here to, I'm here to fly with them. He's like, oh yeah, you cool. He's like, okay, yeah, like everyone's cool with it. And yeah. uh, he goes out there and has a good time for yeah, the most uh, part. Yeah, really. Actually, if you just go to any army uh, army training ground, you can just show up there and be like, hey, I'm ready. And they're, they're like, okay, uh, uh, get in the plane. We're going to Iraq. So yeah, I mean that's the whole plot of delta farce that we were maybe gonna watch <laughs> yeah, earlier yeah, basically yeah <laughs> so uh so but they're going to flowers and they explain pollinating because really this is a whole education uh, biology video that's disguised as an entertaining movie because kids right. need to be educated through movies obviously uh except they use uh, pollen guns because that makes sense but uh yeah not to confuse kids or anything when they right. don't see bees have with pollen guns they're like mom where was the pollen gun and they're like uh anyway yeah so, uh, but he uh, has an unfortunate incident that involves a tennis ball, and uh, he gets, like, caught on it, and then somehow this person hits, he doesn't get hit at all. Yeah, this is, this was, like, actually kind of hard to watch, because the fact is, like, he covered, like, a whole side of the ball, so I, I would say, like, maybe, like, a quarter of it, so this guy had a hit just in the ground, and then to another person, like, it hit, like, I don't know, probably, like, a total, like, I don't know, 20 times throughout the whole scene. And it didn't hit him once, which was uh, very fortunate for him because he would have been squashed, most likely. Yeah, and the odds of him not getting squashed are, like, insanely high, and somehow they don't happen. If you could actually calculate the odds of that, uh, you can email us. Yeah, that uh, I would actually be interested in those odds. Yeah, so all you mathematicians out here, this is your challenge. So, anyway, somehow the ball gets, like, hit out of the arena, which seemed like a very impressive, like... It was, like, way out. It wasn't just, like, out of the chain link fence. It was, like, a good distance outside of the chain link fence. Yeah, this thing jumped town, okay? Like... And he ends up in... What's the car that it ends up in? It it looked like... It was, like, supposed to be, like, some sort of, like, family SUV, but it looked like a Rolls-Royce SUV, so it confused me a bit. I was, like... It just went in the, um... Inside of a Rolls Royce, he somehow uh, ended up in the cylinder of the engine. Did just it survived that somehow because that makes sense if you're, yeah. it, it, you know, combustion. You know that that not no big deal. But, yeah, uh, no biggie. Yeah, he somehow did that. Like a pretty crappy engine, if you ask me. If you have bees going in it, goodness gracious. But like, yeah. Anyway, he ends up in the middle of the car 
and all the people inside are, of course, terrified of the bee because that's what adults do. But yeah, adults they, they, they scream about bees. This guy almost wrecked their car seven times. Uh, and nearly committed vehicular homicide. Yeah, talk about uh, <laughs> like driving distracted. Yeah. Um, and then the grandma is a freaking savage, and yeah. she's like, "The bee blinked." So I'm gonna yeah. like after the mom was like, "Oh, if you freeze, you won't sting you," which I think is generally sound advice unless it's like a wasp or something. Then they don't even care. They're yeah, this, like, this grandma must have been like a convicted felon or something because I mean she was she was at it. She was not having it with the bee. Anyway, he gets out of the car and somehow. He's like, oh, I'm good, and then it starts raining, and bees can't fly in the rain, so he ends up on the window ledge, and he re-meets the girl who was at the tennis court, who yep. almost killed him, like, seven times. Actually, can bees fly in the rain? Like, is that, that's an, uh, here, but, let me look this up. Yeah. Gotta... I, it would be interesting to find this out. I, I mean, it makes sense that the droplets might be a little. It was like, it was, it popped up on, uh, sir. Oh, so that. They can fly in light rain, but they don't like to. Okay. Yeah, and then the heavy rain makes their wings flow. So I guess not really. They can't really. Okay, they they were depicting it as basically like uh, missiles flying down on him. So I wouldn't say necessarily that would that would be like the most accurate depiction. But I mean, we're talking about talking bees here, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, and so we get he's in this like apartment, and then the other tennis player, his name's Ken, and then there's Vanessa, and Ken's like trying to kill it, and Vanessa's like, nope. It's life. We got it. We got it. We can't let it just. Uh, we can't just you know hit it with a Vogue magazine. Yes. Um, Apparently they have uh, different uh, ratings of death for how many pages per magazine or something like that. And I wish I could do a a, a Patrick Warburn impression because it was like, oh I don't know I, I can't do it. He just has a very iconic yeah. voice. Uh, yeah, he plays Ken. And then uh, so he's like, oh I gotta. Barry is like the bee. Is like, oh, I gotta say my thanks to this girl because she saved my life. But bees aren't supposed to uh, talk to humans. But yeah, apparently, fun, fun that, fact, it's illegal. Actually, it's illegal. So we had a Toy Story premise going on here. But apparently, it's like not as big of a deal. Yeah, because like the rest of the movie kind of like ignored the fact that it was illegal, and it, basically every other bee, yeah, ignored that rule. Uh, in Toy Story, they were like at the last possible second, in like the most stressful situation, they were like. We gotta talk. But in B-Movie, they're like, oh, I need to say sorry to her. I gotta talk to her. Yeah, it's very different. Uh, Different writers, Pixar, DreamWorks, you know. Yeah, but I think DreamWorks probably takes the cake every time. Yeah, especially Uh, in the animation quality. And it's why... watch Despicable Me. Oh, yeah, Despicable Me. Excellent uh, animation quality. So this is where we get the iconic, you like jazz scene, because he's trying to figure out what to say to her. And anyway, they just... It seemed like such a random interjection. Like, it's like, I don't know what on earth they were... Yeah, it was weird, and obviously that's the big meme, you know, yeah. like, the you like jazz. I mean, yeah. it, it is fun to just say it over and over again for some reason. But he ends up talking to this girl, and they, they like, hold hands, sort of. That was weird. Yeah, that made me a little uncomfortable, I'm going to be honest, but... Yeah, but you think, but you think, uh, oh, they get in a nice relationship, uh, and they get accepted by the bee community, and they all live happily ever after, right? Nope, that's not true at all. No, so uh, <laughs> he goes, Barry goes back and is like, oh, I like this girl, you know, and he's like, his parent, telling his parents he doesn't want to get a job, and then he, he goes back out with Vanessa, and he's like talking to her, and like, it's, it's weird, and then he like realizes that Bee's honey gets taken and sold for production, and he's just like, 
Well, forget all about Vanessa. I don't care about her at all anymore. All I care about is this honey that's being stolen. So, like, so like the plot completely changes. Like, everything that we, like, cared about basically changed at that point, which was I feel like is, like, kind of rare in a movie for such a jagged plot twist. And, uh... Yeah, and so and so um, he does the only logical thing is to uh, sue every human uh, bee production co- uh, company on Earth. So yeah, I mean that's the next logical through the step. United States. Well, court also, system. it's funny while he's going, he like goes and like sees um, uh, how the humans take from the bees through like the bee farms oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff. And and it's funny because we get a scene where he like duels with a worker. We get him meeting Chris Rock the mosquito, and then we get him. These the funniest thing in this whole movie might be the bee workers who are like crap talking the the bees that they're about to smoke. Yeah, like I don't know what on earth this is about. They're like, ha, these bees are so stupid. And it's, you know, their their brains are small. Like, like, oh oh, like this is like they don't care about bees at all. They're like they're like a whole like it's like a prideful thing. Like this is definitely how yeah. beekeepers are. Yeah, like. you know, um, after uh people serve prison sentences, they actually go straight to bee farms because that's just how it works. But no, like these people were like actually. Like trash talking bees before they went and smoked them. I, I I don't know if that's how it happens. Like I don't have any insight on that. But yeah, like, I mean, I could be that could be how it normally happens. But uh, I feel like that seems a little bit uh, odd to do, to say the least. But uh, yeah, to say the least. But anyway, he is about to sue all of the the humans, and uh, he uses Vanessa, the I was gonna be a lawyer, but I became a florist girl to have this case and then the bees are all of a sudden just like oh we love this very guy he's about to sue everyone he just talked to humans which he wasn't supposed to do but we don't care now we love him yeah we we totally ignored the fact you know actually uh yeah so we're gonna put you on the news and we're all the bees around the world uh support you so it's like okay that's cool and then he talks in court and before he talks he's like bzz 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 and so for like two seconds you're like oh maybe only vanessa can hear him but nah he's just playing around with everyone and he, yeah. he like, sues everyone. He sues the bee companies. He sues Sting from the band The Police. Okay, I actually, I thought that was a really funny, like, <laughs> yeah. add into the thing. Sting's there, like, oh, it's just a stage name. And he, they're like, no, like, you didn't think about how it affects the bees. And then he sues Ray Liotta for some reason. Ray Liotta, who's most famous for being in Goodfellas, for some reason has his own brand of honey in this <laughs> fake world it's like the does, most he, does he in thing. real life that's the question yeah and then he just <laughs> yeah. blows up in the i guess it's supposed to be a, like a cameo to goodfellas uh it would actually be funny if ray Liotta has his own b company thing but uh there's this like stupid lawyer who like uh is like supposed to be the most prestigious lawyer, and uh, I don't know. He's he's just making all these points. Look at this uh, under my uh, Google search results. Uh, uh, the second option is uh, does uh, Ray Liotta have a sugar company? So I don't know how that happened, but um, uh, he fictionally does. Fictionally, <laughs> he fictionally does, guys. So uh, so that's the official answer. Uh, Ray yeah. Liotta, if you're out there listening to the podcast, I think you should like actually start a company. I think that would be a, a good investment. Uh, I'll put twenty bucks into especially your, since, I'll invest like, twenty bucks. I uh, and maybe it would it would kickstart his career because honestly he hasn't really done a lot since Goodfellas and that's been kind of disappointing. Yeah, that's true. But uh, what what even happens after this? Like the lawyer, he like brings a bear into court to make some sort of point. 
It's, it's very strange. Well, the other thing was like, they, they're like, oh, it was good that you got the bear in. It was like, oh, yeah, it was nice from volunteers. Like, wait, would they like hire a bear to like scare everyone or something? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you normally just bring bears into the court yeah, all the time. Totally legal thing to do. Yeah, like, so, a rusher or something. So Goodness then they go home and he's eating with Vanessa and Ken comes in and is like completely jealous of this insect that is eating with his um, significant other. And so he like tries to kill him even though he's talking. So like, so Ken is just like trying to flush him down the toilet and we get this epic surfing sequence. He's like trying to flame him out and stuff like that. Man, this guy was like, going all out. Yeah, and then he gets kicked out of the house by uh, Vanessa because she's not having it with the... Like, yeah, go kill your girlfriend's friend, B, who talks. Like, yeah. that's going to be great for you. And they're like... Oh, like, yeah. what do you think was going to happen yeah. after he killed him? Yeah. <laughs> like, where's Barry? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Probably like he stung me and then died, or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, And then, so then we go back into court where the one lawyer baits Adam, Barry's friend, into stinging him by making accusations about how bees date their cousins and stuff like that, you know, bees being weird. Yeah, we haven't really have talked about Adam very much. He wasn't, like, a very intricate p- point in the plot. He was just kind of, like, there, I guess. Yeah, he was kind of <laughs> there. He's, like, the, uh, you need to have a side character who's the best friend of the main character. Yeah. Just because. And so then, uh, they win the case because, well, very Adam stings him, he almost dies, uh, that doesn't make, doesn't make it go very well, but then Barry brings up this point that they have smokers that make the, the bees, like, you know, pass out or whatever, and for some reason, that's the thing that's, like, everybody is, like, gung-ho against the bee corporations now. Yeah. I, nothing else, it was just, like, uh, like, people didn't know that smokers existed. Yeah, I guess not. Sm- smoke guns, specifically. Yeah, like, uh, oh, I... Then he goes, fires it on a crowd of bees. yeah. And he's like, oops, I didn't know that's what that did. Who yeah. knew that? Uh, and so then then he's like, oh, I won. And then uh, the ecosystem is destroyed because we need bees to pollinate everything. And everything <laughs> will die two days after bees stop pollinating. Yeah, of course, they just can't end the movie or anything like that. Because at a perfectly logical point, number two. But, um, yeah, they continue the movie to, like, what, like, act three or something? Uh, this is act three, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is act three where... Everything that's been built up is like, oh, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. And uh, so he's like, oh, I can fix this. This time I'm going to get it right. And uh, so they have this great plan where Vanessa and Barry are going to go down to the Parade of Roses, steal a float, just drive it down the highway, put it in an airplane, which everyone's just like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, Yeah, you can just just, uh, go ahead and throw that float right back in there. But like, honestly, I didn't even go to like, TSA or anything. They just, like, walked straight through. Oh, yeah. That, there was no TSA. It was uh, very odd. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, unfortunately, they couldn't land immediately in where they were going to land. I think it's JFK. I think they were in New York City. Yeah. Actually. Because there's lightning. And so they're like, oh, we need to land in lightning anyways because we need to save the ecosystem because yeah. these are the only flowers left on Earth. There's no flowers. <laughs> anyway. We have destroyed the whole world ecosystem, not just North America. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so they go in, and and then Barry or Barry goes in, and he accidentally knocks out the uh, the pilots because they're like freaking out because he's a bee. Yeah, rather he knocks off, and that's like a reoccurring theme that like everyone's like like morbidly terrified of bees or something Especially like that. Especially hunting bees, which are obviously the most intimidating bees Yeah, like, oh my goodness, like, like, these people were, like, genuinely, like, afraid for their lives or something like that. They, like, they, 
they were like best they were like driving the plane they were like oh forget this we we got a real situation on our hands yeah exactly they they didn't care about our cockpit i feel like if you're going through flight training like there's a, a section about how if you get an insect in your cockpit you still have to pay attention yeah like that's probably in there somewhere but not these pilots must not have paid attention to that part they probably, you know, just skipped over that in flight school. Mm-hmm. And, but anyway, then they have to figure out how to land the plane because these two people are knocked out. And uh, so Vanessa comes in too, and she doesn't know how to fly a plane. And then Barry and Vanessa end up just slapping each other in the face for, like, two minutes. And while all the rest of the bees come up to, like, I don't know if this is actually possible, but uh, they there's, like, thousands and thousands of bees that, like, support the weight of the airplane so like they're flying it and then adam's down there like let's make a flower so that barry knows how to instinctively land because i guess bees must instinctively know how to land on flowers so like that's the idea and so then you got this this uh airplane's like flying like an insect bouncing up and down and at a weird angle and then it kind of just like it's kind of like that one meme where they have like the airplane like flying like a bird. Have you seen that? I have not seen that meme, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> and it somehow lands, and then uh, they're like, "Oh, it's done!" Except we have to repollinate all the flowers oh, and yeah. have a the worst cover of "Here Comes the Sun." Oh my goodness! Beatles. I heard the I heard like the beginning playing. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be amazing!" And it just starts playing, and I'm like, "Well, yeah, that yeah, it, it, it was it was a really bad cover." I'm. I'm I was expecting, you know, uh, I, I think John Lennon sings I was expecting his yeah. voice to come on and be like, oh, yeah, I love this song. But no, it was not that. I was very disappointed. And uh, then we see the end of where Barry becomes a lawyer in the florist shop. So they have like a florist law kind of thing. That's definitely the impression you're looking for for lawyers is like, it's like, oh, yeah, uh, we're a very professional law firm. And if you're looking for us, you can just find us at the back of this flower shop. That sounds like the most New York thing ever. <laughs> really? They're like, oh, yeah, we're totally not mob lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, we get this funny Chris Rock joke where he's like, he's a mosquito. And so he's like, I'm a, I was always a blood-sucking parasite. I just needed a briefcase because yeah. he became a lawyer. I, that was pretty yeah, funny. Yeah, that was that was one of the best uh, one-liners in the movie. Yeah, and so uh, that's kind of the end. It kind of ends as abruptly as all of the stages uh, occurred in the movie. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so you might be asking yourself, how on earth are we going to rate this movie? And the reason is be, uh, because of the cover. We're just going to call it a one and call it an eight. No, not really. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's... Uh, it's uh, no, it's it's better than that. I feel like you can't really compare this to a lot of the movies that we've just done because uh, we did Good Time and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which were both like very stylistic, um, very intense movies, definitely aimed at adults. And then we had The Notebook, which is more aimed at teenagers, probably. Yeah. And then uh, we got this, which is definitely a kid's movie because it is very unrealistic. Um, and honestly, if we try, we make fun of it being unrealistic, but like that's, it would be a boring movie if it wasn't yeah. the way that it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. Like honestly, like, what would they make it about? Like, Oh, Scott B went out. Oh, he got a honey hey, or pollen or whatever. Yeah. I, I can't talk. Nectar. Yeah. Like he Nectar, could, Okay. He I, wouldn't I, be able to talk if we were <laughs> making this a realistic movie. So throw that yeah. out the window. So I just kind of just rated this like I was like, this is that animated kids movie and I'm going to kind of rate it out of animated kids movies and see where it ends up on on the list, I guess. And then David's just going to pull numbers out of I'm pulling air. numbers out of my head and 
So I'm gonna do my best to not look at what Ben wrote, and uh, yeah, because that would screw up. He, David yeah. would just change his scores to exactly the same. Yeah, because you know Ben's such a movie genius, I can't like argue about it. Yeah, he he wouldn't be able to come up with arguments clearly. I mean Zach can't, so. <laughs> <laughs> and you know Zach's gonna listen to this and he's gonna say something next podcast. Yeah, he Zach's, <laughs> Zach's gonna try to defend himself next podcast. I'm sure. Yeah, well, I do have to write down uh, my scores so I can add them up, potentially. So I'll go ahead and open my phone calculator since I'm so professional. Uh, yeah, we very professional on the show. We definitely plan ahead for everything. Okay, yeah. so the first category is sentiment because, you know, how much did you like this movie? And I guess I'll say, no, I'll let you go first since you're following them. Okay, um, hmm, sentiment. Well, I'll give it... Maybe a seven. I'll give it a seven. I, I kind of like the movie. It was, like, funny. Like, it was a good kid's movie. Like, I would have liked it a lot more when I was younger, probably. But in, on the other hand, I'm kind of immature, so I just like goofy movies. So, you know. I mean, to be honest, I also gave this a seven. Okay, so I'm not crazy. Okay. No, this movie I was, was like, so much... I was waiting for him to give, like, a three or something like that. I was like, no. David, what are you doing? No, Ghost Rider <laughs> is, like... No, Ghost Rider is probably lower than a three, honestly. <laughs> okay. Ghost Rider might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And that's, that's not saying a lot, but I mean... Yeah. I, mean, I haven't seen a ton of movies. I'm not Ben, but... Uh, yeah, Ghost Rider is pretty bad. Uh, we always we always like, you know, ripping on Nicolas Cage movies in our spare time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this is a fun movie, and Jerry Seinfeld is funny, and Chris Rock's funny, and there's a lot of pretty decent one-liners in here, and uh, goofy stuff. And a lot of it is just weird and doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. Like, is the bee falling in love with the human? Like, what is going yeah, on? Yeah, that might be the uh, weirdest character arc we had in the whole thing where it was just like, oh, yeah, is he going to, like, uh, get with this lady? And they, thankfully, they didn't go too far into it, so we didn't uh, feel that kind of discomfort. Yeah, it is a kid's movie, so yeah. <laughs> they can't make it too weird. Okay, so next is uh, moral or message. What's, what's the message of the movie? I give this a five. What would you give it? I give it more like a four because it didn't really have very much. I message. guess I guess you're right. I, like I, the only message I can really think of is like environmental, like like sit, make sure you uh, you don't like mess around with the environment. I don't know, but yeah, like, I mean, I I think that if honeybees uh, really did you know sue everyone and didn't produce honey, it probably would have some negative effects on the ecosystem. <laughs> did they realistically portray that? Uh, no, um, <laughs> no, I don't think so. But make sure you uh, read your honey nut Cheerios boxes and. Don't kill all the bees, you know, people. Uh, we need bees, I, I guess. Yeah, fun fact, my uncle is actually the creator of the honeybee on the Honey Nut Cheerios box. So, yeah, that's the fun fact of the day. <laughs> so that's that's our fun fact section. Next week, we'll have to come up with a different one. Yeah. Um, character arcs. Uh, I give this like a four. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah, so even another three, I'm going to be honest. Because I, I'm like... Now David's just... <laughs> Rating uh, everything one lower than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I think the, so thoroughly of my uh, votes. No, I no, I give it three because, like, I don't know. It just didn't feel. I don't know. First of all, I didn't feel like it was worthy of a four, but um, I didn't feel like it was worthy of a two. So you know, yeah, I, I thought this through. Uh, no, but really, the character arcs seem kind of like random. Like they. they it didn't really seem like much was accomplished at the end because, like, because like Barry didn't develop at all as a character. Like at the beginning, he was like, "Oh yeah, what? I need a job." And at the end, he was like, "Oh yeah, I got a job." And that's about the entire growth as far as I can see. What do you think? Yeah, that's why I rate it low. I probably could rate it lower, but I I don't change my scores typically because then it's just like I just changed it because 
Anyway, it doesn't matter. He doesn't uh, give in to peer pressure, folks. But. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> um, if you if I was on a peer with you, I wouldn't give in to any pressure that you applied to me. Good to know. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, the character arcs were kind of weak um, for the most part, and it was kind of disjointed. So, yeah, the development was, like, oddly structured, and a lot of the characters were just strange and didn't feel like they really had an arc, like his parents and Adam and, like, what, like, I don't know, even Ken, you know, and Ray Liotta didn't have, really have a character arc. So we have plot next. I gave plot a five, which seems extremely generous at this point. I give it a four. Yeah. Let you know what's going to happen, so I'm just going to give it a five as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a fun plot. I, I, I like the plot because, well, for kids... It's actually really great because, like, if you have any, like, attention deficit, then you can just, like, you can stay on this movie because it's changing, like, every five seconds. Like, but, like, for me, for someone that, like, gets invested in the plot, like, I w it was just felt, like, really chaotic and kind of random for the yeah. most part. I feel yeah, like I, I definitely thought the same way. It's like they would, like, start one storyline and then just completely change from different directions and it was just really really strange every t yeah every time you thought that something was going somewhere it would go different which isn't always bad but it didn't really serve this movie well and it, w it was just strange things like he just left vanessa at the when they were shopping like i didn't really get that like he didn't even say goodbye he was just like i'm gone i'm out of here yeah and, and they also like, had a lot of conflict it didn't seem like they were a very good couple because they like fought over literally everything it seemed like it's, it, like any conflict shows up like they're fighting it, and so did ken and vanessa but that was somehow like a worse relationship i don't know it was yeah. weird um cinematography <laughs> <laughs> what on earth is an animated film like what you just have to, i guess it's animation quality uh 10 out of 10 no oh, I, obviously I, I i don't know like like it's it's a style i i understand that it's a style so like like I was saying earlier, like with Despicable Me, they obviously didn't make Gru look like some sort of uh, Russian criminal or something like that. They, that's not what they're going for. They're really going for like a goofy look, and then the rest of the like children or whatever look like practically normal. So yeah. it's it's a style. It's different depending on the movie. I don't know. For this one, it seemed like they went pretty normal with the characters. All the characters, they like some of them were overemphasized. I noticed uh, the most was the cars were very overemphasized. The lawyer pulled up in like this really, really uh, weird looking car. I don't know what it was based off of. If it was even based off of anything, but they like it was very overemphasized style. So everything seems like bigger than it should be. Like like cars taller than there always are and stuff like that. And then the um, lawyer's car was lower to kind of give that feel. It was like one foot off the ground or something. But it's it's an interesting style. So I I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm necessarily a fan of it, but I don't think it's a bad style necessarily. What do you think? Yeah. So my number rating was five because I think it's pretty average. I would give it a six probably. So David's a little bit above average um, on the score for the animation quality i guess uh, this is like the, pixar has been leaps like all joking aside is like leaps and bounds ahead of dreamworks in terms of like how beautiful their animation quality is but dreamworks doesn't necessarily usually go for that in their movies either like that wasn't like the point of this movie or just to be cool me well which is i guess illumination technically 
Uh, That's a good point, yeah. I think How to Train Your Dragon is DreamWorks. That, I haven't really watched past the first one, but I think those might be pretty nice looking. But, like, Shrek and, you know, if you go back and watch Shrek now especially, yeah. like, the animation quality is, like, really poor. Uh-huh. But for sure. Uh, so you have to think about this is like I don't, I actually don't exactly know how old this movie is. I think it's like oh 2007. So it's like 13 years old. So obviously maybe at the time it was all right, but now I think it's pretty average. It's yeah, if you like, think about it, like The Incredibles was like what 2003 maybe. 2004 maybe. Yeah, somewhere around that. Somewhere around that time, and it it actually didn't have very impressive animation by today's standard. If you go back and no. watch it, if if you watch Incredibles two, it's a lot better animation. Oh, uh, much better. But, but Incredibles storyline is so much better than Incredibles two. Yeah, like like a lot better. The Incredibles uh, two was pretty whack. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> the one older animated movie that I always loved the animation style of is Finding Nemo because I think it's just so like beautiful and it like really shows the ocean even though the quality isn't as good but uh finding dory is technically better animation but i just think it really i don't i don't like finding dory at all but that's you know yeah, it was a very interesting little, movie we're but, getting yeah. a little off track here with uh animation with animation diving a little deep into that but hey <laughs> so originality this is an interesting one wait did you give i did you cinematography yeah, oh, yeah I, you gave it a six okay yeah. originality i gave a seven because like it was kind of an original idea, like... I don't think up to this point anybody's made, like, an animated or non-animated video, or movie, or video, or likewise, uh, anything about B. Uh, yeah. And what would you compare as, this yeah. to, like, Bug's Life, or, like, Ants? Yeah, that's a good question, like, but, which But ones, they which didn't interact with humans. No, Bug's Life was definitely, and Ants were both definitely before this. Yeah, it was 1998, so... Yeah. So, but those movies that were drastically different from what this movie was trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this movie was just, you know, comedically better, too. Yeah. I would give it, I give it a six. What did you give it? You seven. It seven. Yeah. So, I, I think it's like, it's pretty good. It's not like, it's not like perfectly, perfectly original, but I think for what they did was pretty good because we're taking like a B, like, I, I, honestly, I couldn't have really come up with that much of a movie about a B. And uh, they basically came up with three, so... <laughs> yeah, they could have made this B movie part one, two, and three if yeah. they really wanted to. I'm glad they didn't, though. That would have really ruined everything. Yeah, it really would have. So next we have acting. Uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, well, actually, it's... I guess... I don't know. It's kind of interesting, because, like, they have, like, infinite takes, obviously, with voice, because it, it seemed like everybody was really awkward i don't know like hard to say like vanessa seemed like extremely awkward when she talked yeah it wasn't I, it I wasn't i saw that yeah they, she didn't seem like convey emotion it just seemed like like reading lines off a script so uh i do do you know who played her actually uh, renee zellweger i the name sounds familiar um but i don't think i've really watched any of these movies. i've heard of these movies she was in dazed and confused um, Jerry Maguire. It seems like she was in something. Let me go to her filmography. Oh, she was in Chicago. I think that was, like, nominated for an Oscar. And she was in... Oh, man. Yeah, she's just been in a bunch of stuff, but nothing, like, that is, like, groundbreaking. Uh, she was in Shark Tale. <laughs> and Monsters vs. Aliens. So, yeah, Renee Zellweger. I... Yeah, this probably is not her, her best movie, but... Yeah, and the other thing is, it might not even be on her, because it's kind of hard with an animation, uh, because 
when everything's CGI, it seems like it's harder to convey like the situation you're in and you're also not like having a real conversation or anything like that at all even even if there are uh filmed separate times if you have different shots but i'm angles. guessing they were all recorded separately yeah um because that's i think they maybe are changing that but generally that's how they did yeah uh record used to record them um chris rock is really really good in his small role uh patrick warburton can do no wrong in any movie <laughs> uh, he's just like the perfect voice actor kind of yeah kind of like the chad voice of although i think that this role didn't suit him as well as something like Kronk in the emperor's new groove did which is probably his most oh matthew broderick was in this so matthew broderick from ferris bueller's day off um and also the voice of adult simba in the lion king (laughs) (laughs) interesting uh he played adam and jerry seinfeld obviously very well-known comedian uh, was, and I think he might have written this movie. Uh, yes, he was one of the four writers of this movie, and so and then John Goodman, uh, famous, he was uh, whoever Leighton T. Montgomery probably that was probably the um, lawyer guy, and uh, then Oprah was in this movie, uh, as the judge. Interesting. So she huh. gets to hit the hammer down and obviously ray liotta and sting were in this too <laughs> so uh interesting cast of people and uh so i i gave it a a very generous seven i'm not sure why i think it's just because patrick warburton's in it he's really good but um <laughs> i'll give it i'll give it a six so again one below ben but yeah i i, I guess i'm a little bit more uh, it's more because critical it's more. I I guess David's just sorry. He's just more critical than I am. Yeah. Uh, I I think Renee Zellweger. I was just like, it's not her fault. It was just a weird style thing. I don't think it's. Yeah. Honestly, you can't really know who to blame it on. But I mean, as far as far as looking at it as like a movie, like that six is kind of where I'm yeah. looking at. And then style is our our last category. Um, I gave style a six because you know. It's a unique style, sort of. Uh, animation's not the best, but we get bees driving cars. Why would you drive a car if you could fly, you know? Yeah. In a tree, in their tree city thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, lots of interesting things going on, but I don't think it's, like, crazy good. Yeah, it was It was actually interesting because, like, um, they had to make a big, big bee factory and that kind of stuff. And, uh, of course, you will uh, never guess this, but I put mine one below Ben yet again. And this time, I actually uh, predetermined that, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no one has to believe me, but... So, yeah, it was a five. David uh, it will definitely have a lower score than me because he rated everything, almost everything, one lower than mine. So, I was ended up being 46 out of 80, which is 57%, or maybe rounded up 58%. And then David's was 42 out of 80 which is uh, 52%. So five percentage points off from each other. We kind of had the same thoughts on this movie, I guess. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, you can't really take like this kind of movie too seriously. Like Sentimentally, like I would put it up a little bit higher, maybe like a 60 or something for myself, because just because it's a funny movie. But like critically, like analyzing this movie, like it's not like that great but i thought it was a fun movie so yeah like this is a movie that i would tell everybody to go watch because you don't have to take it too seriously if you watch uh taxi driver all the time 
and Magnolia, and like you're gonna have, you're just gonna be a sad person because you're watching movies that are just gonna make you depressed all the time. You need to go out and have some fun sometimes mm-hmm. and just watch something that is like kind of goofy and stupid and you'll laugh at. Uh, maybe there's better movies that are more goofy and stupid in a more funny way than the B movie is, but this one's pretty good and it has meme legacy now because of the jazz line so you you gotta watch it for the meme at least yeah of course and uh yeah i i and it's also a family friendly movie so it's you can't have every movie for kids so one that um at least keeps me interested and keeps other little kids interested i mean it's kind of a win yeah yeah i think uh seinfeld you know maybe his greatest achievement probably not but (laughs) i never really watched too many episodes of his tv show though um so, and I guess we'll probably kind of wrap things up. Uh, Zach should be back next week to do Baby Driver. And if he's not, we will uh, most assuredly let you know of our change of plans. Um, we've been getting uh, more viewership uh, from different places. It's been cool to see all the different states and countries representing. And we got our first low review on Apple Podcasts. And uh, they didn't say why, so if you are the person who gave us a little review, I don't mind that. Just uh, please tell us why. I would really like to know because we're trying to get better. And uh, if you gave us positive reviews, thank you. You can tell us why you love us, but you don't have to. Like We're not definitely not asking you to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want to email us, uh, thoughts, suggestions, just want to talk to us, just need someone to talk to, mm. uh, maybe we'll respond. <laughs> Our email is themovievaultpod at gmail.com or you can DM us at our uh, Instagram account, which is at themovievaultpod. You can also follow us on Twitter where we don't have any followers and we don't follow anyone. I'm not, even, I'm not Vault, following them. So. <laughs> at themovievault1. Uh, I think I tweeted one thing on that account. So you can if you want, but you definitely... Uh, won't be too impressed with it at this point in time, but maybe if you email us and tell us that we need to get better, then we'll work on it. Or if you leave us a low review and it's like, their podcast was pretty all right, but they didn't have anything on their Twitter, so I have to give it a one star out of principle. Honestly, it was probably uh, your girlfriend that left it one star for giving the notebook oh, a had- lower... Yeah, rating. that's actually probably true. I, there, were, <laughs> there, there were some people in my life who were a little disappointed at my low notebook yeah. score. And people like the notebook, you know? Yeah, it, I, I mean, it's not my kind of movie. Like, I mean, I rated the notebook like around the same score that I rated the B movie. What so did, I what feel did like, you rate it? Um, I, it was somewhere around, uh, let's see, I had it at 50%. So I rated the B movie higher than the notebook. <laughs> Yeah, your girlfriend's going to be really, really impressed with that. But Yeah, she will be. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a worry of a different time. Yeah. But if you're wondering, I've actually been here for all the yeah, movies. So, I, so it's not like I have no idea what I'm talking about with the movie vault or whatever. So Yeah, David has been a big supporter of the movie vault and uh, hopefully will continue to be. And hopefully this won't be his last time on the podcast. Maybe maybe we'll get a podcast that has him and Zach. We haven't exactly tried the three-person setup with our one mic, Yeah, but uh, we might try that sometime, especially yeah. if you say that you like it. Yeah, uh, and leave uh, us an email or whatever if you think that I should go away or stay because we like to hear feedback. I mean, we are critics, so if we get criticized we're not gonna we can't take it we yeah. can't take criticism <laughs> um we will cry yeah we will 
um, stop recording, which is probably what people who give us bad criticism would want anyway. So <laughs> that would really be defeating the purpose of that. Anyway, so we should probably wrap it up. No. And uh, we have this new thing that Zach's not here, but we were like, we, we like said peace out. But uh, we were like, oh, we need a better motto because like every podcaster says peace out. So at the end of every episode, we are now going to say, now we're closing the movie vault. See you next time. Or something like that. And so I'm going to say that. And uh, hopefully next time I won't have to explain it. <laughs> uh, All right. Kind of an awkward ending, but yeah. <laughs> and with that, we're closing the movie vault. Goodbye.